So you might notice that I'm limping slightly. Yeah, kind of, I'm hoping for that, that kind of Willy Wonka moment where all of a sudden I fall to the floor, do a roly-poly, and jump back up, but it's not quite happened yet. <laughs> it must be the flamboyant in me wanting to come out. So yeah, uh, about a month ago, um, Pete contacted me and uh, asked me whether or not I would be able to share. And uh, as all wonderful husbands do, I was thinking about my wife and whether or not it's going to fit in with the Christmas celebrations and all the things that were going on. Um, and before I got a chance to, to make that call, um, the Lord spoke to me very clearly uh, and, uh, and started to begin to give me a message. And by the by the time I'd woken up the next day, there was a very clear message. And uh, I quickly wrote it down, and I was confident that the Lord had spoke to me. And I haven't really looked at it since, because the message was always there. It seemed very well linked together. And it uh, shouldn't be a problem, just, you know, just deliver. Um, problem is, I looked at it the day before yesterday, and uh, thought, it doesn't seem to really link together very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, no problem. Uh, go back to the drawing board. Uh, looked at it again this morning. Do you know what? It doesn't seem to link together. <laughs> so, in a way, that's a good thing because we rely on God. Is that right? Yeah. We're relying on God. So, with that in mind, um, let's uh, open in prayer. Yes, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we're here together, here today, not just to hear some words. We want to experience you. We're here to hear directly from you, Lord. Speak to us today, I pray. I pray that I would be able to deliver your heart to open ears. Your word says, if you have ears to hear, then listen. And I pray that that would be our ears today and that our hearts would be ready to receive what it is that you have for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I guess if there was a a title, it might be um, Put Your Chips on the Winning Horse, or, I don't know, Put All Your Chips on Jesus, um, or Empty Your Tank this year. We used to say that in rugby where you're thinking about kind of just spending all that last bit of energy to make sure that you've really, really put everything in. And that's the the basis of it. Um, But really, it's just a simple thing that is in my heart and has never really gone away. And it's that powerful message of the gospel. And the gospel of Jesus Christ has power to save It's got power to save us, and it's got power to save us in every single situation. And I truly believe that this morning as I share. So really, what I want to do is is take that gospel uh, and and look what it looks like to to me, to you, um, and be re-challenged by it today. Uh, Every single person to be able to look through and just reflect on their life and see how the gospel's at work within them. So I'm going to start off with a couple of little stories, and um, uh, I'll keep the people anonymous, but they're personal, uh, very personal stories. And um, when I was saved, I had this kind of an understanding that 
this massive power had come into my life. And I, what I didn't have is the, is the truth of the Bible within me. So I, I just was going out on a wing wondering what on earth this power was going to do. You know, am I ever going to get ill again? Um, you know, is my body going to get stronger? I just didn't know the full power of, of God at that time or how that would work in my life. And uh, one of the things that was a truth was that I... I, I thought nothing, nothing would come bad in my life anymore. I didn't think that for the first three or four weeks, I thought, well, bad things don't happen to people that belong to God. And uh, these stories are kind of come out, they birth from, from that, that sense of that reality of actually bad things do happen. Uh, and not everything's always pleasant. So what, one thing that happened to me was a, a phone call um, in the middle of the night and it was from someone that I uh, really love. And uh, it was to say that they'd been uh, beaten, beaten up and stamped on and, uh, and that they couldn't move. And uh, first I took a breath and I thought, well, this is Jesus Christ. Um, he's making his move in this person's life. And I've got to go and get this person. I had the children, left them in the house went and picked up this person and brought them home. I'd just had this new experience of God myself, and I was ready to express the gospel that I knew. And uh, I was about to see the power of God unleashed on this person. Now, that was not to be the case. In fact, there was such a, uh, a rejection of that gospel that the person in turned to me and said, if you ever speak to me about Jesus Christ again, we're departed. Never to be brought back together again. So, anyway, that was deep, deeply hurtful. And uh, such a shock, you know, in amongst that kind of wonderful Jesus, you know. And then I was just kind of on my knees, help me through this situation. Now, I prayed and prayed about that person and in the end God just dropped something into my heart and it was have you forgiven him uh, for what he's done to you and I thought no I haven't and then he showed me a little bit about what has happened to them to get to that point and then I was found myself in for in a place of forgiveness forgave them now let me tell you that something spiritual happened when I did that within a couple of days he'd got back to me and he'd reached out after saying he didn't want anything to do with Jesus he wanted in some information of Heidi and it was to do with a life-changing decision and I thought do you know what Heidi will tell you exactly the same thing as I will tell you and I shared the gospel with him that person is not a Christian yet but I can tell you that as I've prayed and as I've held on to the fact that I I don't want to see heaven without that person coming. It feels unbearable to, to have a, an eternity with God without that person. Um, and the journey's not over yet. But where I first of all felt that massive sense of pain and loss, God ministered to me through that, and I was able to speak into his life again. And that was a real blessing. And uh, the second story is also uh, somebody that 
is very personal to me, very close to me, and has been all my life. And uh, on finding out that I'd been born again, a message got to me, and the message was, he better not come and start speaking about Jesus around me. So what happens is something, I don't know whether you've experienced it before, but it's just a, it's called a hardening of your heart. You just go, well, do you know what? If you don't want my king, then forget you. You know, you work it out on your own. But that's not the patient, loving, kind God that we serve. And, you know, when you look back at the patience he's had in your life and my life, um, the attitude was completely wrong. And it took me about, it's taken me about four years to, to really heal from that situation of hearing that about a person that was so close to me. Because everything, you know, as a Christian, everything that you are is around Christ. It's your whole identity. So if you switch that part off and another person doesn't want to know that, guess what? You haven't got a lot in common, I'm afraid. Um, but I still had that, this deep love for her. And uh, anyway, it, it, turned, it, it transpired that I got an opportunity just to speak to her on a, on a, on a secular basis. We're just talking about things uh, of interest. And she um, just came out with the fact that she didn't believe the, the word of God to be true. And uh, she says, you know, God's words, I believe, is in all of the different doctrines that are available in different religions. And I thought, you know what, I don't, this is not the time for me to, to actually offer some truth in this situation. didn't feel right about it. But what I did do is I went away and I started to pray. And I said, Lord, you know, what is it? And he said, you know what, she, she has come against my word. And I was like, well, I know that. So he said, what are you going to do about it? So... Um, I prayed, I prayed, and, I, and God gave me something. So I, I said, look, can I come round and speak to you? And uh, I just said, Lord, please, I, I don't want to lose this relationship, but this could be a kind of a game changer. And, um, yeah, as we spoke, I, I expressed to her how I experienced the word of God to be um, from God and inspired by the Holy Spirit. You see... As I had my experience and then I started to read the Bible, the, the Bible actually explained my experience to me. And it explained the experience that I have of the world very clearly in a way that only God could do. No man could do that. And I explained that to her, that just as you, a person can say some strange things when they're under the influence of drug and, drugs and alcohol, then a person... Uh, under the, the experience and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit, speaks of things of God. And uh, I don't think that she'd ever really considered that before. And a lot of people like to look at the Word of God logically. That's all men just uh, writing those words. You know, okay, they've done a good job of it. But for those that have experienced the Holy Spirit when reading the Word of God, you know very well it's, uh, it's the Word of God. And there's no doubt about that. And it speaks straight into your heart. And then she was, she was more open to that. And she had a, a clearer understanding of the fact that I didn't just pick up a book and get indoctrinated. That I had an experience of Jesus. And then the book made sense of that experience. And I'd just seen something open in, in her heart 
And I got another opportunity then later on, and, it, and God was good enough to give me a couple of scriptures. And uh, I shared uh, those scriptures with her and asked her something about prophecy, just to see if she was interested in prophecy. And uh, as we shared some stories about prophecy, it turned out that we'd both had very similar dreams. Um, uh, and it turns out that it was a dream about a dib. <laughs> Who doesn't dream about a dib? Uh, but anyway, this link was, it made so much difference because I never knew that, that there was a link there. I didn't realize that she'd had a dream that was very similar to my dream. And uh, so, so you know the situation with, uh, with, my, uh, with, this, with this woman is that we're still close. After the, after the painful experience that I had starting off with her, um, we're still close, and she is now allowing me to speak into her life. And the truth of the matter is I could have written both of those people off a long time ago and go, do you know what, there's loads of people out here that want to hear the good news. And there is. There is loads of people. But I didn't. Um, there's, neither of them are saved right now, but I'm believing on the power of God to, to bring them through. Because I, I don't want to, to leave without them. You know, I, I want to play my part in their lives, uh, whatever that might be. And uh, I'll, I'll link back into that story, um, especially with a woman, um, because some of the prophetic things that I was sharing with her um, have had a big impact on my life. Um, but what I want to do is have a look at God's word. Um, and I wondered whether you'd join me at a parable that should should be quite um, close to all of our hearts is the parable of the lost son, and it can be found in Luke 15, starting with 11. Um, we'll go, and I'll read it right through to 31. Yeah, what what I'd like just to do for a change is just a. Uh, Rather than look at the 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 sun, things from the sun's perspective, um, to look at things from from the father for a change. Uh, so I think a lot of times we kind of look at the sun and, and we're like, "Oh yeah, I really relate to one sun," and you know, "Wow, what a story!" But just to look from the father's perspective for a change, and you may well have done that, um, but uh, um, just to have that in your heart as we read through. Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want, to share, I want a share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Uh, about this time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and a man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. 
I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been uh, fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you have told me to do. In all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look down, dear son. Sorry, look, dear son. You have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost but now he is found. What a beautiful story. And what a, a simple gospel message there are it, within that and how powerful that gospel message is. Um, yeah, you, when we look at the, the sun in this, in this bit of teaching, uh, we see uh, certain characteristics that... Um, we might be able to identify with. You see, there was a separation, uh, a decision to separate from the one that he loved. And as he was away, you, you, you got a sense of regret that kind of filled him. And uh, there, he, he, was, he was in a place where he, he was thinking back at his past life and regretting what he'd done and, uh, and waiting for something to happen, anything to happen. So in that place, he turned back uh, in repentance. And we see, we see him come back towards the father at this point. And, you know, the father has been through some traumatic experiences. He's, he's had a son uh, treat him as if he was as good as dead. And so he says, you know what, I'm, I, I can't even bother to wait for, your, for you to die to have my inheritance. Says I want, I want it right now. So, I don't care what your community thinks. I don't care what the rest of the family think. As far as I'm concerned, it's more important for me to have the things that I want than it is to um, respect you and be with you. And you know, when we look at the father, it's almost like it's so radical and ridiculous the way that the father responds because he doesn't even argue. He just says, "You know what? That's fine." That's it. If, you, if that's the decision that you want to make, you go and make that decision. There was just that, that sense of unbelievable patience. And 
Can we relate to that as, as Christians? That, the, that beautiful patience, that long-suffering and that waiting of our Father um, who loves us so dearly. Um, and, and you see, as, he, as he's coming back, you know, you can imagine... You can almost imagine how he's feeling. He may not have shoes, probably filthy. If you can't afford food, then you've, you, you know, you can't afford shoes and, and clothes. And he, he's just been working for what would be the kind of the foreigners, um, who won't even feed him the pig feed. So, so he knows that he's abused his, his dad and his dad's trust and that the, the whole community, community would see him as an outcast. And, would look at his father as a failure as well. So in his head, he's, look, he's just thinking to himself, this is, this is ridiculous, but if only I'll, I'll be accepted in some way or another, just to maybe serve. And there we see the father's response, which is always over the top and always extravagant when it comes to his children, to me and you. And he, he races out. And forgiveness, forgiveness has already given, been given you know, just the same for us as Jesus Christ has already died for us on the cross. Forgiveness was always, was always there for that, that boy. The second he turned around, the second he looked at those pigs and said, I want to be home, forgiveness was there waiting for him. It was a done deal. It was already there. And uh, we see the meeting, this amazing meeting of son and father you know, the son probably couldn't get low enough on his belly. He just wanted to shout, I'm so sorry for what I've done and what I've put you through. But the father wasn't even thinking anything about that. He was thinking about restoring his son. He was thinking, how can I cover his shame? How can I make him understand how much he's worth and how much he's loved? And we see in the story that he's so moved. He's moved to running and... That would be something that was very undignified uh, in those times, to run out. And he ran out and he embraced, he embraced his son. And he, he wanted to change his son's understanding of who he was. So he put a ring on his finger straight away. So you know what, don't you think of yourself as a servant? I'm making you part of my family. I'm giving you a place of significance right here, right now. And anything that you think you've got, that's filthy, I cover now with this robe. And as he dresses him with that beautiful robe, his, his son is then protected from that filth that's all over him, on with new shoes, and, and invited into, into the house or into the kingdom of God as we know it. And as, he, and as he got in there, you know, I don't know what people are expecting of the kingdom of God, but my experience is very well summed up in the story of the lost son, is because music begins and feasting begins and it begins in your soul, inside. Something beautiful starts to happen within you and this is what we hear. It's like, okay, so you're not coming under the father's rules or under his oppression or into his service. Now you're you're coming into a place of celebration and that is, that's my experience uh, as being born again. It was a place of great celebration, feasting, music, and dancing. You know, that, that dancing in your spirit that can be ex- experienced when the Holy Spirit comes to you. 
And that gospel, that gospel message uh, within that is, has a, a, a huge relevance on every person that's here today in one shape, form or another. You may be a, a sold out Christian today um, or that might be the way that you would express yourself to others, an all-in person. You might be a non-Christian or you might be somewhere in between. Well, let, let me express what I feel about the words of Jesus Christ. There's only one type of Christian, and that is a Christian that's all in. Everything, the whole lot. And that's what we find within the gospel. It, he asks us to, in baptism, to die to our old lives. And uh, in resurrection, we're, we're resurrected with him. Uh, so there's a new life that comes. And we let go of the old and we embrace the new. So this gospel message uh, has a powerful message for each and every one of us here today. And a message that to inspire us and to motivate us to something new. And God will meet us today. He will meet us where we are. If we've got an open heart that's surrendered uh, ready for him. So what I want to do is just expand a little bit on what, when I say the word Christian, what do I mean? So uh, just so, so that I can, I can lay it down a little bit. When I, when I first um, experienced the word of God, I started to read it and uh, I used to pick out the bits that I liked. That's nice. I love that. That's, that will go in my little book of how I want my life to look now. And that's just an obvious thing to do. That's what we do as human beings. You just pick out the bits you like, the bits you don't like, you just read over them. So what happens if you keep doing that is you become, you have a, what's called a weak, a weak gospel, a light gospel, something that's not as powerful as, as that experience that you had first of all with Jesus Christ. And, um, and I had, to, I had to put that right because every single part of God's word is his gospel to us and his truth about how we should be living our lives and how our lives should be directed. Um, so what I've been doing is reading the word of God with a, a more of a focus on Jesus Christ and what he says, his words to us. Uh, not just the stuff you pick up by hanging around in church or speaking to people on the streets or listening to watch, reading a magazine about Christianity, what Jesus Christ has actually laid down, uh, those words. And, I, and, I, and as I've been reading those words, I've been challenged by these two questions. Am I a Christian? Am I a disciple? Is that, how, how does that look with, compared to what Jesus Christ says or have I sort of built something that fits in nicely with my life that make is it, it's like a com, a little comfortable place to to go you know lord make me more truthful about the way that I'm living my life and the way that I'm responding to your truth and so as I did that I was shocked by again by how radical Jesus Christ was the ridiculousness of it, 
uh, well, you know, last week it was such an amazing uh, gospel message last Sunday. And, um, and I thought the nativity, amazing message. And God reminded me of something. He said, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes we're obsessing on these issues in our lives. And we have forgotten that Jesus Christ came and went through everything. He's already been here and done it. And he suffered way more than we're ever going to suffer. He's, he's done everything. You can't turn around and go, you don't understand. And we've heard that so many times before, but we forget it sometimes. And uh, me and Claudio were talking, and uh, we were just talking. Piran had had bad teeth, and um, his boy, Perez, had, had very bad teeth. Uh, both ended up in hospital. In hospital. And, um, and he was praying about this situation. It's so difficult for him, more difficult for him, him by the sounds of it. And uh, God said to him, you know, he said, uh, I hear your heart. And your heart is that if you could take the pain from this little child, you would. Is that correct? And he responded by saying, of course. Of course I take. You take your children's pain away. They don't understand. They don't know what's happening. You'd happily as an adult take your child's pain. Well, look at the heart of Jesus Christ. That's his heart. He, couldn't, he can't bear to see us suffering. And if you're suffering now, he cannot bear it. He already came to take the burden of that uh, on himself. And he's still interceding for us. And he still feels our pain now. And he's a champion. He will not let you down. He won't let you down. So more questions came out of uh, those two questions. Came more questions. And... I want, to, I want to just go through these questions that came out and, and I'm hoping that they'll, they'll really prepare you to stick your flag in and make a big decision as we come into this new year. Um, are you saved today? That's the question. Has the good news prompted a response in your life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as saviour? Um, do you accept that you cannot get into heaven by your own good works? That they're like filthy rags to the Lord, that you only can get right with God because of the blood of Jesus Christ and accepting that that's the only thing that will cover you on that day. Second question. Does the way you live your life declare Jesus to be Lord? You know, are you, are you have, is there a target in your life to be like the champion? Is there a target in your life to, to, to be righteous like your king? Have you, by the power of God, got a new heart and a transformed mind? Do you know that your heart is different because Jesus is in it? Do you recognize that? Do you see that it's a different thing going on in you? Has your mind been transformed by the word of God? In the sense that the Holy Spirit is upon you when you read God's word and it's giving you revelation rather than information. That that you're no longer just getting logical. You're getting right. You're getting real. And things are changing. Are you born again? 
You know, in John that we read that uh, to see the kingdom of God, that you must be born of water and born of spirit. So that means have you been baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because it's a hard battle without it, I can tell you. Um, do we know in our hearts that we're children of God? That we've been adopted into his family? That place of safety. You know, when I was reading the, um, the story of the lost son, as he's running back, I, ha- I had a, what you call a picture, I guess, um, of me running. And the Lord picked me up with these beautiful, big, macho hands. And, you know, I can't really describe, but it was just a huge, beautiful being that picked me up and engulfed me like this. And I was like, wow, this feels like the safest place. This feels like home. And with that, he flicked me in the air like this. And I was like, oh, I don't feel safe. What on earth is happening? I could see his mouth open. And then he swallowed me like a peanut. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) So as I disappeared... Into, into the inside God. He gave me the words that you are with Christ in God. And I've never experienced such safety as, as when I've been in God. You know when you're in God, there's just the safety of knowing your Father. It's, the, it's the, the most warm, peaceful, joyful, loving experience that you can have where you're totally trusting the Lord. And he's received you and you're in him, and that place of safety. Um, yeah, so I want to now flip back to the story of the girl uh, that I was talking about earlier. And I've got to be careful not to say names. Um, now, what I was sharing with her is about the rapture. Now, this is, we're going back to the uh, prophetic. So I uh, don't know what you do or don't know about the rapture, but the rapture is where people that are born again literally get, uh, they get called into Jesus' presence and taken away from the earth uh, so they would not suffer the wrath that is coming for those that have decided upon their own uh, will um, rather than the will of Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't actually know if the Bible says rapture, but if you think of it as a, a calling up, are calling up. Now, with regards to p- prophecy, the Bible's full of prophecy. And everything that's happened up to date has been prophesied. All the big events have been pro- prophesied and they've been fulfilled. And Jesus has not let us down in that department at all. Everything is fulfilled and succinctly as well. <clears throat> now, I believe, as a, a, along with a, a lot of other people, um, that the next prophetic event is the rapture. So um, not, not everyone would be in agreement with this, but this is, this is what I believe. Um, I've always felt a, cer- a certain urgency that there's nothing else to happen yet before the rapture. So at any point, a born-again Christians, every single last one of them could be taken up from the world. And this is what I was sharing with, with Sarah. Oh, name came out. Anyway, and um, 
she, she was concerned about this. And she says, well, you know, I'm hoping that I'm going to be drawn up into heaven. And uh, I said, well, you know, here's the gospel. If you've responded to it, then, th- you know, th- that you will be drawn into heaven. But, but this, this morning, I want, to, I want to put that challenge to us. You know, if there's nothing standing in the way of us being raptured, when is it? When are we going to be raptured? When are we going up? Or, when, when are you not going to be here anymore? When are you going to die and be before God uh, in a place of, uh, in, uh, you know, before the judgment seat? And from that, I want, I want to encourage us to start thinking now about those in our networks, those around us that we, we can't bear to be before God or in a place where we've been raptured and go, do you know what? Yesterday I had an opportunity to connect with that person. Last week I could have spoke to that person. Last week I could have embraced, loved, and, and expressed Jesus to that person. Is it your family members? Is it coincidence that these people are all around you? Oh yeah, I just keep bumping into that person. The answer is no. It's not a coincidence. They've all been put into your life to see your light shining. You're shining the light of Jesus Christ. And there is a response to that, but there's also a response to a a verbal understanding of Jesus Christ that they all need to know about. It's not enough just to see a wonderful person that's good. I mean, there needs to be, um, as the Apostle Paul says, there needs to be words. How will they know unless you tell them? Now, we're all at a different place with that. Some, some people find it very easy to share their faith, and other people, you know, uh, find it more difficult. So I want just to take you on a quick, quick journey uh, that will hopefully motivate everyone to start to think about the fact that they might not be here soon and the fact that they could be interceding. And it was only the disciples that, that built the church with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't come to do that. He equipped us to be able to do it. Give us everything that we need. And, um, yeah, so it, with, that, with that in mind, um, oh, sorry, I've lost my point now. Um, I want to start, the first person that ever kind of, I remember sharing uh, something of Jesus with me. And it was a black lady on a, um, a bus. I was just out, I'd been out drinking and uh, just passed me a little flyer and she said, Jesus loves you. And I thought, you freak. What, <laughs> what on earth do you think you're doing coming into my space and trying to tell me that Jesus loves me? You know, it offended me deeply. But do you, I can tell you something, I... Not a month went by of my life, and that was 10, 20, uh, 15 years ago, where I thought about that, th- that exact thing that she did and what motivated her to do it. It just kept coming back and back, just a small step of faith that she had. And uh, uh, then there was a guy at church, my, my old church, before I actually received Jesus, who just would be dancing around all the time. He was just kind of, just dancing. You know, it's like probably in his 80s or 90s. And it was just impossible to not see Jesus within him. 
you know, sometimes it's not, it's not those gangsters that come round or the ex-prostitutes or, you know, the drug abusers uh, that have got these monster testimonies. I mean, the, the testimonies that touched me when I first was born again was uh, I, I went to a, a, biz, uh, a business, Christian business meeting and I sat next to this 80-year-old and I was like, well, this is excellent. I've got this wonderful story to tell and everyone's over 90. Um, what a joke. What am I doing here? And I brought a couple of friends with me that I was hoping going to get freed uh, by Jesus and by the stories heard. And uh, so I turned around in arrogance um, and I said, so, you know, and I used to ask this question a lot. So what's, what are you and Jesus all about then? You know, what's Jesus done in your life? Just to see whether a person is was committed to the Lord or not. Um, it looks ridiculous when I look back on it, but she just turned to me and she said, I love Jesus. I've always known Jesus since I was a little girl. And I could see in her eyes that she just had this such a deep peace. And I can't, I, again, think about that almost on a monthly basis where, in fact, all I did was challenge her faith. And she had a wonderful response. And it was just that I've always loved Jesus. And it touched me to tears. And it, I can, you know, I'm, I'm moved by it now. And uh, the other person is Becky Townley. And she shared her testimony with me about how Jesus had given her this beautiful identity as a person. And there was no guns or drugs or anything else. It was just a beautiful truth that she shared. So I want to encourage you, church, my brothers and sisters here, to make a stand today, uh, to make a change. Um, You know, as we've been looking at how we can equip you as a church to be able to share your faith better, um, I've spoke to a couple of people. I spoke to uh, Joanna um, uh, Hazelton, who who has shared about the fact that she's been able to, to share her faith in the environment of uh, Little Fish, and that that women there have started to... They, they can now look at her and go, this person who obviously shines, there is a reason for it. There's a reason for it. She loves Jesus and she goes to church and she's made that, been able to make that contact. And God has responded. It says, if you, if you believe, you'll see God's glory. And as you take that step of faith, guess what? You'll see God's glory. You won't see it if you're just hiding. Just a little step, a little step of faith. And um, Dan, the same, as uh, he's been uh, sharing with me the story of how he got a chance to stick his flag in and just say, you know what? This is who I am. And there's been wonderful responses to the fact that he's a Christian. You know, his workmates have been able to respond. And, and you know, sometimes it's a, there is a bit of jibbing and a bit of Mickey taking. But when it comes down to it, who are they going to come to for a prayer? You know, I, he told me that one of them's already been on the website and they've been asking him about his faith. Why? Because the man shines. He's, he lives Jesus Christ. And, the, and, and they want to know who, why. They want to know the story behind it. They want to know what your witness is to God's goodness. Um, yeah, so, I mean, with regards to the practicalities of, of, of this happening, 
and how you can take a stand and, and make sure that 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 you're push you're pressing forward and that you're not going to come before the Lord with regrets. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out, but you certainly don't want to be kind of feeling that sense of I haven't taken my opportunity to get right with God. I haven't taken that opportunity to respond in obedience because we hear the the voice of God, right? You know, He is calling us. That that no that that voice that you hear is Him. It's him calling you into something wonderful. Um, so do we want to learn the gospel? Do we know the gospel? If our friends do respond to us, are we, are we able to give them the gospel? Can we, can we lead them to the Lord? Can, can, we, can we get them to a place where they can repent, uh, they can embrace uh, the gift of Jesus Christ? Is that something that we all know how to do? Um, if not, then there's loads of people that can equip you here with that. Um, you can speak to myself or someone else. And we'd love to. We'd absolutely love to take you through that journey. Everyone can offer prayer. You know, communication is something that we can all do. We communicate. Uh, and we can start on a secular level. And as you speak uh, to people, they will tell you their needs. Respond to their needs with prayer. Why? Prayer works. It works. Just the uttering of a prayer is a step of faith. And God will respond to it. Um, share your story. Hear the stories I've been telling you. They're not, they're not sort of people that are, uh, um, have experienced massive miracles to get them to where they are.